0: the downtown vancouver business improvement association is proud to support biv's daily coping with covid podcast series and now that there is a plan to safely restart bc we hope you'll join us in supporting your favorite local businesses from restaurants to retail our downtown businesses need us now more than ever thanks everyone and stay safe
1: Thanks for watching Coping with COVID-19. I'm Haley Wooden. Today, we're going to talk about real estate and what's happening in the Metro Vancouver market. My guest today, a familiar voice and face to many who have been avid listeners of our podcasts and of our videos, Jason Turcott, Vice President of Development at Cressy Development Group. Jason, nice to see you. Hope you're doing well and thanks for coming on the show.
0: Oh, I am. And thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure.
1: So on the show, we've been talking so much about how various industries are coping with COVID. Tell me what's happening with real estate in the Metro Vancouver market.
0: Well, it's um, uh, it's been um, interesting to say the least. Uh, I think as uh, uh, you know, as a real estate company in this city, we've been um, you know uh, it's, it's, we've been grappling with with issues on on multiple fronts. Um, certainly as a landlord. Um, both on uh, commercial and residential real estate dealing with a whole variety of issues of trying to manage our way through this crisis on that front and then also on the on the um, on the new development side of both uh, new rental projects and uh, and condominium projects trying to figure out how to how to operate in this new world of doing things remotely and and trying to get a sense of um, you know uh, the the depth of both of those of those markets as in these kind of Obviously, unchartered waters that we're in.
1: Absolutely, a couple of things that I want to pick up on. First, generally speaking, there's been a quite a number of government policies at various levels aimed at supporting, say, renters. Now, or more recently, we've seen some support around commercial tenants. Uh, what does the industry kind of make of the government response to date?
0: Well, I'll, I'll start by saying that I am thankful that I have not uh, uh, that I'm not the one making these decisions on uh, on on, on uh, from a- political perspective, you know, these, uh, these are, Uh, unprecedented decisions that they're having to make. And I certainly appreciate the complexity uh, behind them and the need to to be decisive and to help people out. I mean, we we certainly acknowledge that. Um, But it hasn't been without its challenges, uh, you know, to to private business. Um, I mean, if you could appreciate for a moment that as private landlords, uh, we are a private business and uh, not unlike a grocery store or any of the other businesses that are trying to find their way through. But we have been placed with this burden of, of sort of having our hands tied a little bit with uh, being told um, you know as an example you can't you can't evict somebody for not paying rent which is obviously uh, the one tool that we sort of have uh, to, to deal with people that don't pay rent not that that's something you want to do uh, in, on a knee-jerk reaction in a crisis like this but it is it has posed some real challenges as an industry oh well how do we handle this um, Um, and, uh, so the, what, the way we've gone about it is really just trying to take a very proactive approach with, uh, with all tenants, both commercial and residential, and make sure that they're informed of the various, uh, uh, funding options that they have through the various levels of government, whether it be, um, um, you know, federal, provincial, uh, you know, the rent subsidy, all of that, and and just getting out ahead of it. And it has proven to be effective. And, and by and large, I have to say, uh, most folks have been very, very honorable in how they've approached this. They've been honest and hardworking and, uh, um, um, you know, what we thought could have been a much uh, a more significant problem has, has not materialized much because, like I said, uh, people have been really, really great to work with as our, as our tenants on both the commercial and residential side.
1: That's really good to hear. I know one thing we've heard from both the provincial government in BC and the federal government has been for landlords, if the programs aren't enough to help them, for them to really work with their lenders and private industry to meet any needs not met by government, uh, what kinds of or forms of support have you seen from the lending side and has that also been a pretty productive relationship during this time?
0: Yeah, that hasn't been a piece that 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 we've um, that we've dealt with too too much directly. I, I know that some of the tenants who have um, um, debt obligations on their businesses, uh, you know, have certainly gone down that avenue. It's a it's a web that we're still sort of untangling, um, and and it it, it it has been one that seems to have been more. Um, uh, like a bigger problem on the commercial side. You know, the, the residential uh, folks have been really great. And I think maybe because the funding has been more straightforward um, um, and, you know, not everybody has, has had the unfortunate circumstance of losing their income too. So there's, and people who people who are still uh, earning a paycheck have, have managed to, to continue to pay their rent. But, you know, for businesses that really do rely on month over month business, particularly small retailers, uh, being told to shut down has been, Devastating, and so that's been a problem. And so we're working through those on a case by case basis with our tenants, uh, and, uh, and it's not a one size fits all. It's a different circumstance for each of them. And uh, you know we're optimistic uh, that uh, most of these businesses will find their way through it, and ultimately it may take some time, but we'll uh, we'll figure out how to make everything right uh, with, with some time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely going to take some time for that mm-hmm. restart, which we're all looking forward to next week to see how that plays out in BC. I know one sector that doesn't necessarily need to restart the way, say, restaurants are is construction that has been allowed to proceed in BC throughout a public health crisis, but has that side of things, the development sort of in progress, been impacted at all?
0: Yeah, Um uh, we were fortunate to be able to continue on with uh, with some extra precautions, and those extra precautions uh, certainly have had a little bit of an impact on on the the the, the rate at which we we're able to do the work. Um, you know certainly some extra distancing and uh, you know things like wiping down tools and making sure that we, we don't have more than a certain number of people in a in a, in a hoist or an elevator um also how they don't they all have an impact on, on schedule which has been the number one issue um, and certainly at the beginning i think when people were still trying to wrap their heads around how severe this issue was and there was still a lot of misinformation out there we did see uh, uh body counts on our construction sites dip considerably for the first couple of weeks. And then I think people got comfortable with with um, the new measures that have been put into place, the extra precautions. And also there was a sense of relief that, you know, I'm, I'm still able to go to work and get a paycheck and, and I can do it in a safe environment. And so we've actually seen the the production level pick back up a bit, which is which is encouraging.
1: Do you think some of those health and safety and numbers measures might be here to stay, at least for the foreseeable future. Is that the sense you get?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't see those going away anytime soon. And, and, um, and frankly, some of it's probably, uh, uh, you know, a, a good thing to, to, to stay with us beyond even this, you know, just extra precautions around making sure that we're, we're always thinking about people's health and wellness on uh, all workplaces, including construction sites. Uh, certainly, there's a, there's a culture in construction of, you know, uh Grin and Barrett and, and you know a uh, toughness that goes that is associated with that. and we need to make sure that you know even in that type of an industry, we're we're always being mindful of people's health and safety
1: hmm I know uh, the, when we have you on the show, we talk a lot about supply and the issues around supply, and obviously those issues haven't gone away. But when it comes to developers' appetite, say, to carry risk throughout what we know can be a fairly long development process, has that been impacted at all when we look sort of at the situation our economy might be in in the short, medium, or maybe longer term?
0: Yeah, that's a great point you make. I mean, it's it's, it's been a Uh, maybe the most discussed topic in our office and, and, you know, with folks at City Hall, et cetera, is that um, we've operated in an environment here that uh, probably spans the better part of 20 years where because of the robust nature of this real estate market and how um, how, um, predictable and consistent it it has been, uh, where it's been a relatively low risk, and I put air quotes around low risk, because there's st- certainly still a lot of risk involved, but not like today. Um, we were starting to get into a higher risk environment before COVID, but then, you, you know, when you start to bring in something like this, that we don't even know what the outcome is going to be, uh, we don't know what the outcome could be on on things like uh, shutdowns of sites you know that's a risk uh if 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 in fact this had gotten worse or we see a second wave all of these types of things have now put that risk level which we would say it uh, relatively speaking had been at an all-time low for the better part of 20 years into a much much higher place uh so developing property today of all of all sorts whether it be office uh rental um retail all of it right across the board uh condominium as well is is a is a a higher risk and we're we're needing to communicate through to the other stakeholders that we deal with particularly at city hall is that we need some of these some of these handcuffs that have been placed on us removed and whether that be about added cost measures burdens of improving uh, neighborhood infrastructures or um, 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 you know, covenants that we get saddled with restricting tenures and all these types of things, you know, it's those things all worked okay. And we were able to absorb them as an industry when we felt like there was a relatively ro- low risk. So some of the reward or or the potential for reward was was being mitigated uh, consciously at City Hall. But as an industry, we tolerated it to a degree because it came with that, that, that generally that lower risk. And I think that dynamic is certainly altered significantly now and we do need our folks at city hall to recognize the the new environment that we're working in and we need to cut some of the red tape we need to work through some of the bureaucracy so that we have better options and we have we can be a little more nimble and a little more responsive to changes that we can't possibly anticipate right now
1: cutting that red tape and that bureaucracy of course was a pretty pressing issue before do you think those concerns from the industry might be a little more better received during the pandemic just because we have that increase in level of risk?
0: Yeah, uh, we certainly seem to have uh, the ears and I think there's also a a collective understanding at at the political levels municipally and and, and and within the walls of City Hall that it will be construction that that pulls our economy out of the the quote-unquote recession. Um, cause certainly we are on, we are in hard times now and we have some, uh, some yet to come, I, I suspect. And construction has always been a major, major, major piece, the largest piece of our GDP in this province, particularly. And it will be what pulls us out of this. Uh, you know, the, the number I hear often thrown around is 40% of, of people in this province are employed either directly or indirectly, uh, in construction of some manner. and so. Um, So cities uh, across the board, I think all levels of government are recognizing that and and the need uh, to facilitate uh, construction. Um, And I think rental housing is probably going to be at the forefront of that um, and and figuring out ways that we can create an environment where as developers, we can tolerate those risks and and move projects forward because we're going to need housing, and we also are going to need jobs, and those two things, uh, you know, um, are going to be what what you know kickstarts the economy when it's time.
1: On the topic of jobs, that uh, we've been talking a lot about, BIV people who have lost their jobs, who may not have jobs to return to, even though the economy might start to reopen. What kind of impact might that have on activity in real estate? Are there any indicators we can look to to sort of chart out where demand might be?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, and that's why I made the point about rental housing. And and, and not that I have a, a crystal ball by any, by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but I think it's safe to assume that there will be an impact on people's incomes, People's credits, people's risk tolerance. um, You know, uh, and so what that tells me, in a a more general sense, is that there will be an emphasis on on renting versus owning. Potentially, I could be wrong, but I think it's the safer bet. Um, You know, obviously, if if qualifying for mortgages uh, because you've had some financial troubles, or um, or frankly, have used up the savings that you might have used for a down payment to carry you through some tougher times. Is is going to increase the likelihood that somebody's next choice is to rent versus buy, and if we start doing that, even even if that that needle only moves five percent, with with the limited you know with vacancies basically at zero here, that five percent has a meaningful impact on on um, on supply and demand in our market, um, and you know there's there's certainly a, a bit of a a pause on new people coming to the province now. But one thing I think we need to recognize is when we get through this, we've gotten through it as well as anybody in the globe. Uh, as, as far as a jurisdiction in, in British Columbia, we were already one of, a, one of the you know places I think on a lot of people's pinboards as, as a place they'd love to relocate to for a whole number of reasons, which we are really familiar with. But then this is just one more, our healthcare system, our government's, they all stepped up and handled this in a way that is almost second to none across the, across the world. And so we've given people yet another reason to wanna to come here. And, and if that, again, if that needle moves even 5%, when we start looking down the road a year and a half, two years, which is sort of the, I think the time horizon where we might feel comfortable that we're sort of, you know, we got a bit of space between this issue and, and, uh, and, and current day we could see a real pinch if we aren't able to get supply continuing to happen and and then really meaningfully increase over the next 18 months.
1: That's a good point. A final question for you, Jason. Maybe it's a bit of a crystal ball question, maybe not, but we're working from home, we're shopping from home, we're entertaining ourselves at home. Do you think we might see more of a shift to buying real estate at home? Any trends by way of that?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I think that there will be some lasting uh, impacts of this in terms of consumer behavior on uh, in, in every market. Uh, but but real estate, for sure, is seeing some some accelerated trends towards um, things happening online. And so what we've recently done is launched a um, Uh, lease up campaign we're right in the middle of it uh, right now of a new rental building that we've just finished off and uh we have i think as of this morning we have 65 signed leases of a new rental building uh and not one person has physically stepped foot on the property wow which to me is quite remarkable it speaks a little bit to the fact that there's still quite a demand Um, and that people are getting comfortable with the use of technology really quickly. And uh, so we're seeing this not just in rental, but we're seeing this happen uh, in resale with realtors using virtual tours and there's different platforms starting to emerge now to be able to, uh, you know, basically host a, Virtual open houses. Um, some of these technologies and these and these initiatives were starting to happen, anyways, and we've been having conversations about, you know, do you think you could sell a tower or completely online? You know, they, these conversations were happening. What this has done is just accelerated everything significantly, and um, both in terms of developing the technologies and in a consumer's willingness to accept them, and it's happening at a, 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 at a pretty rapid pace right now. And it's really interesting to to watch. And I do think that it it will forever change uh, how people shop for sure. There's going to be a lasting impact.
1: Interesting. Jason, as always, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on with your insight. Oh, thank you. That's Jason Turcott, Vice President of Development at Cressy Development Group. Thanks so much for watching Coping with COVID-19. We'll be back with a new video tomorrow.